Hey guys, it's Jonah from Tales from the Arch. Good to be back. Another exciting week. So much has happened since we've last been together. Taylor Swift got a 10 minute long song on number one. Number one, Taylor Swift. Great job. Amazing. Phenomenal. We love it. We also have author of the book, Small Legs, Big Teeth, Kelly Wiesahan on the podcast today. Very exciting stuff. So I know you're all going to be very busy with Thanksgiving stuff this week. So hope you guys have a fun, exciting Thanksgiving. And if you're listening before, happy Thanksgiving. Have a great time. If you're listening after, Christmas is almost here. So y'all should be getting Christmas presents ASAP. And without further ado, I'm not going to talk for too long today. Uh, Enjoy the podcast and we have Kelly on Zoom coming at you right now. Hello, everybody. We have a very exciting guest today, an author, a brand gal, and a party animal because I met her at a party. We did shots the first time we ever met, which was amazing. Uh, we got Kelly Wiesahan here with us today. We are via Zoom um, on this beautiful Sunday when we are recording. Kelly, how are you doing today? Uh, better now that we're on the Zoom call. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is uh, really funny how it all worked out. It is. Uh, yeah. Jonah and I met at Taco Buddha. Jonah was wearing a taco suit and I looked up and I said, I'm in love with that person. <laughs> and I kept shouting you to try to get you to come over, but you couldn't hear me. I was just shouting the whole time. But eventually you came over and um, like, me and all my friends, like we all took shots with you. So that's well, it how was, we met. Who was I? I was talking to, there were, there were these guys here first, that group of, of Matt and those yeah, other guys. Yeah. And then I was talking with him and then you guys rolled up and then we all just started talking and then we did shots and then parties. And then we were like, come out with us. Yes. And then I ended up at Handlebar at 2 a.m. And I don't think you made it there. Did you make it there? No. Okay. No, I didn't. I, I left, where were we, Shark Bar? And it was yes. dead. And then, like, I left. I did karaoke at Shark Bar. Yes, I saw a video. Did you, you did see- that with Matt. Matt goes, I got a perfect song for us. And it was, like, Taylor Swift love story, <laughs> love song, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. But Kelly's here. We're going to chat a little bit about her and mostly about her book, Small Legs, Big Teeth. Yeah, yeah, good book. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm done with it. I have probably like 20 pages left, and I feel like I know everything about you now, Kelly. So we're gonna we're gonna chat about this. I as I was reading, I was like annotating. I was like, this is so funny because you're from, ah. and a lot of the things that she talks about. If you're from St. Louis, you'll recognize like you went to you know a private school. You know, a Catholic, right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you all about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you about that. My favorite. Okay, one of my favorite. As I was reading this, and I was on the plane, I remember vividly. You're like specifically. You never named the school, but like you kind of know if you know that what each school is. As you talk about it, you're like the rich school, the preppy school, the. the... Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, I was gonna use their actual names, and then like the people at the publishing company were talking with like their lawyers, and they're like girlfriend like you cannot say these names like you're roasting these schools it's bad like 
come up with another way to say it. But I'm, I'm glad it wound up that way because I think it's a lot funnier. And anyone from St. Louis that reads that section where I go through uh, like describing each of the stereotypes of those private schools, everyone from here knows who they are. So yes, uh, I love that's it. Funny part, for sure. <laughs> as, as I'm reading it, I'm like having flashbacks too of when I was you know, in college, which wasn't that long ago. I say that like that was so long ago, but you know, or college and high school because I love it. But what kind of gave you, and this was my question so long. I was like, what motivated you to turn these journal entries? And by the way, you were a very, very introspective high schooler. Like the the journal entries that you have are like, I was like, I don't think I could even process like that. So what made you want to put this into this memoir, this young adult memoir? Yeah, uh, so I've been writing, I mean, since I was 12, you know that, because like you've read the book. Mm -hmm. So I've just always done that. And I actually have, well, you can see like right, that whole stack is like all the journals. stack of books you've got. Yeah, so there it is right there. Yeah. Um, And I always said I wanted to write a book and I didn't really think it would be like about me. Like I just like wanted to write a book. I was like, writing's kind of my thing. Like I'm sure at some point I'll do that. Um, When COVID happened is when I was like, okay, like time for a project. Like we, and I thought it was like, this is when I still thought we were only gonna be in lockdown for like two weeks. And like literally the first day of lockdown, I was like, okay, time for a massive project because I cannot sit still for two weeks. Like, yeah, I object. So I. Uh, I had also just gotten home from studying abroad. I studied abroad in Dublin. I got there January 2020. So I was there for two and a half months. And then in March, I was on spring break, like in Paris by myself. And I get a call at four in the morning from my mom. That's like, hey, like executive order about a travel ban in Europe, like come home right now. Uh, this was at four in the morning. So I was drunk still. And I was oh, alone. And I yeah of course and I was alone and I had like my backpack with me and like all my stuff was still in Dublin and I just like luckily I brought my laptop booked a flight from the airport to Minnesota because that's like all I could find I was like I just have to go back to the United States (laughs) so um yeah then just left at like five in the morning just started walking with my backpack to the airport oh my god Um, did you get your stuff back from Dublin yeah I did I met this uh, yeah, so I met this girl abroad who was from St. Louis, and I just like called her, and I was like, "I will Venmo you whatever you want. Like, break into my room and like get all my stuff. Leave the socks and underwear; those are replaceable. But like, <laughs> please, like the important stuff you want. You're like, yeah, 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 like my like coats and like shoes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I got it all back, and we're still good friends. Uh, so yeah, I, I I came home, and it had just been like such a whirlwind, and it was. I guess it was like this like profound moment to like walk into this bedroom and see all my journals and be like, oh my God, I have this many and like, I'm so young and like all the things I wanted to do with my life, like move to New York City and like work at 30 Rock and like go to Paris, like all the things I like already thought of doing my whole life, like I've already done. I'm only 21 and I've like written about it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I've also like fallen in love and like had my heart brutally broken. So like, I've like done enough that I feel like I could like write a book. Like that's enough stuff. Um, So yeah, then I just started like paging through these journal entries and highlighting stuff. And 
it was really crazy the way it happened because I had decided I'm going to write a book, started doing research, realized it's impossible to like find a publisher and like an agent. I started talking to people at WashU that are in this and they were just like, yeah, like it's going to take you your whole career and it might not ever happen. And like, you just need to start reading books like every single day. And I was just like, no. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry. I don't take that as that's not an option. Sorry. And I'm really like, not like a huge book where I'm like, I do like read books, but I'm not like, like crazy about it. I don't. Yeah. Right. So I get this weird DM on LinkedIn one day and it was like, Hey, like, I am like recruiting for this program where you like write and publish a book in 10 months. Like think you'd be a great fit. Like saw a sample on your website of your writing. Like, like, let me know if you want to do this. If you want to learn more, like here's like a page of our frequently asked questions for the program. This, this FAQ page was like 20 pages long, single spaced of FAQs. <laughs> did you read and I was it like, all? Yeah, I did I because I, I was it. like, this is really cool. I hope it's not a scam. And I was like, well, I don't think like if it was a scam, you would take the time to like write 20 pages, single space. And I looked at the guy who um, had founded the program and he's like a very well-respected guy. Um, he's like big thinker, entrepreneur kind of guy. And he's a professor at Georgetown in the business school. Mm. And he was kind of running this program through Georgetown. And then because of COVID, he decided to expand it to like anyone over Zoom. And he kind of coached all of us through like the mindset of how to write a book and like the business behind writing a book and it was actually very formulaic and not very uh creative he was like you guys can do the creative stuff but like I'm here to give you the structure to make sure you get this done so I actually learned a ton about like project management time management uh like mindset stuff like he was really just a coach and then we had like editors and stuff that we could get into the weeds with with like writing and all that kind of stuff and so yeah I was like well I'm just going to do this until it gets weird because I have nothing else to do and maybe this is a scam maybe it's not but it, it's not <laughs> and yeah so I just like said yes and uh I started doing that the summer before my senior year of college and then my senior year of college was still COVID so that was all remote and all my friends at WashU were taking like very serious precautions about COVID. So I really was not seeing any of my friends anyway. And I live about 45 minutes from Washu's campus. I decided to live at home my senior year just to save money. Cause I was like, I don't need to be down there. It's not like people are partying or even hanging out. Right. So I'll just save $2,000 a month, which was a very smart decision. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like a crazy, I don't know how book the book life works of like publishing a book and maybe one day I'll have to go through it. But I mean, it sounds like everything happened just very, I don't know if it was luck or, you know, I guess you had those writing samples and everything, but I think the fact that it was COVID it kind of pushed you to get this shit out, which is really cool that you were able to create something while maybe everyone else was really, I don't want to say struggling, but having a hard time, you know, you had a, this outlet. And I think that's really important, especially during that time. And you created something so cool and like, so unique. Um, and I think what you created is very important for younger generations. Cause they can, you know, maybe a high schooler can read this and be like, Hey, this is really cool. Like I've gone through this before other people are. And that visibility is so important that a lot of people don't have nowadays or really in general yeah. um so I think that's like I applaud that is it's like putting yourself out there because that's so hard I mean 
you you spilled your heart in some of these chapters. Like I I got a little sad. It's, yeah, it's incredibly raw. And I think it um what's crazy about it is the fact that like I'm not famous and I don't have this big crazy fancy publisher. So there was really no red tape mm-hmm. anywhere. Like I don't have a PR team that's like, hey, I don't know if I would talk about that. Like that might not be good for your image or whatever. Like none of that, like it's so amateur. So like, I really was like as raw as someone could be. And I think because I wrote it in a social vacuum, basically, like I'm, I sat in this room for like a year and kind of forgot that other people existed and forgot that like people I know would read it and I would have to like see them face to face. Like I was just not thinking about that at all which is kind of cool because I think it would have stopped me from being really honest yeah if I was worried about what other people were gonna think and stuff um but yeah so it is out there and it is super raw in a way that I think um like a more traditional like blockbuster memoir couldn't be yeah which I think is special and what was really hard about it and something I'm like kind of dealing with right now is the fact that I wrote it when I was so young And at this age, like we are all growing exponentially, like every month, I feel a little (laughs) bit different. (laughs) Um, So to write something for a year about stuff that happened up until that year before, and then have it be out there. And now I'm almost like 23, like there's this big like time gap in between like the stories that happened in that book and now, and I feel very different than even when I published that book like six months ago and so there's this version of me that's captured in time and that's really scary and I knew that that would be scary I think I even say that in the book I'm like if I'm not throwing this out the window in five years like I did something wrong because it means I'm like the same right. um well our 20s I, I so important so important yeah and, and you captured such a weird part of your life of high school you know some a little bit of college, you know, especially the college admissions section really got me because that is that stuff is so hard for people. And you had it hard because you like you're like, I want to go to Wash U. This is it. Like my mom worked so hard for me. And I'm not trying to spoil too much of the book, but um, like you, you had a lot of pressure and a lot of people do. So I think capturing that was really, really um, cool. And, but you're going to go back and read it and you're going to be like, man, I was crazy. This is great. Like I've grown up so much. I think it's a great piece to look back on, um, you know, when you're older or maybe your kids, if you want kids, kids look back on it and like, yo, mom was crazy. Like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I know that's what's going like this, like version of me, like will live on forever. Like I will grow and I will change, but like my voice and my thinking at this time, like is captured. Um, But I wanted it to be that way because the older you get, the more you forget about the granular details and emotions of like what you're feeling when you're in high school and college and like dealing with all that stuff for the first time. Like a lot of memoirs I read from people like they're in like their 50s and they like really gloss over all the like the growing up stuff. So that's like not as interesting to me who's like in my very early twenties, like I wanted to read stuff that I could actually relate to. Mm -hmm. And that like felt like more like in the moment of what I was doing. So that's why I was like, this might be embarrassing for me at some point later in time, but like no one else my age is talking about it because like they can't, they don't have access to write a book and I do. So like, I'm just gonna be really honest about everything that's happening right now. Cause this is what I would want to read. And I don't, there is no books. 
by 21 year olds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, especially books like this, I, I feel like maybe novels or like short stories, but I don't think I've read a memoir from a young adult or, you know, from the perspective of, of a young adult that was so detailed. Like, like I said, the fact that you were so introspective as like a high schooler, you know, which is like, that's hard. When I was in high school, I didn't know what was going on. I like, I was like, <laughs> I, was like I have no clue. I'm going to wander around until I figure it out. But I feel like, I mean, you had all these really insane experiences, like, Another really cool part of the book is you talk about, um, and I just blanked on it. I have my notes right here. When you were doing not stand up, what were you doing? Improv. Improv. Okay, that's yes. okay. Um, yeah. But that's so cool because a fifteen-year-old usually is not doing improv. I, I did a little bit of improv. I went to. I actually went to state for improv. Um, Wow, so, but, you seem you know, like an improv guy. Neither here nor there. We got 15th out of 30 in the state of Missouri. <laughs> so pretty big deal. No, but I mean, you were working with like 40 year olds and like yeah. older folks. And I find that very interesting. And I think that you have a lot of stories to tell, a lot of experience from that. So I don't know, do you want to like, how did you get into that improv at and you were at the improv shop for a little bit too right? yes which is a great place in st louis so mm -hmm. if anyone's listening you're from st louis like please go to the improv shop um it's a really cool piece of like the st louis community that i i don't think gets enough attention it's a really special group of people and that community has grown so much since it started so i actually started um right when they were like really getting started uh, my mom worked with someone that did improv at the improv shop and my mom was like well my daughter is like so funny like she would be so good at that and she's like oh my god yeah like take her like there's classes like there's a level zero class let's just see like if you like it like sign her up and my mom was like oh okay well I mean like will there will there be like people her age there she's like no it'll be like people in like like their 30s 40s 50s but like I mean I don't see why she couldn't go I don't think there's like a limit on that and so my mom was just like hey like do you want to like try this and do this improv class and I I was really uncomfortable but if, and I remember it so vividly and I wrote about it in the book I was just standing there and I was like I could say no which would be the easy things like I always blow my mom off when she has like crazy ideas I'm like shut up I'm not doing that but there was something about it where I was like this could be a really cool opportunity and if I say yes like it this could change a lot of things and be really interesting like who knows um maybe I'll be famous <laughs> like, SNL. like Tina, yeah like Tina Fey didn't get anywhere by staying in her comfort zone so like let's try this um yeah so they were at the Central West End on Euclid right next to Evangeline's was their old location mm -hmm. and when I showed up like it, they had just bought it and it used to be an old sandwich shop and they were in the middle of like refurbishing it like gutting it and so and I like talk about this in the book the story but it was like all boarded up on the outside and I could just hear people on the inside screaming and chanting and making weird noises and I'm I'm 15 it was like winter of like my freshman year of high school and my mom just like dropped me off she was like okay she didn't stay with you she's like have fun no. No, it was like we knocked on like this like wooden door and this, like this woman popped up. She's like, hello, are you here for level zero improv? I was like, uh, yes. 
Um, and she's like, okay, come in. And then my mom was like, all right, like how long is this? Two hours? Like I have errands to run, like I'll be back. <laughs> um, so she left and then it was so classic, just a bunch of like white guys in their forties and like nice. black skinny jeans and flannel showed up. And then there's me. And then luckily like my instructor was uh, a woman, which like made me feel a little more comfortable, but yeah, we just played like classic improv games, learned the whole yes and thing. And I left like after that two hours and I was like, wow, that was so fun. I have to do this for the rest of my life. Um, so I did improv at the improv shop all four years of high school. And I took the classes and like went through like all the levels. And then I, by, by my senior year, I was like on a team with other women and we were performing like all around St. Louis at like different bars. Like we performed at the Heavy Anchor a lot, which is a place that does some comedy. Um, we did one show at the actual improv shop, which was cool. Uh, and then I went to college and I auditioned for an improv team and I actually didn't make it, which is crazy. Cause I was like, what the fuck? Like, no like, one does I'm the best. You're like, let me in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've been doing improv for four years. Like, who's better than me here? <laughs> like, what have you been doing? Um, but the team I auditioned for was a short form improv group. And what I, the improv I had done was long form, um, which we don't really have to get into that. It doesn't matter. But short form is more like gimmicky, like jokes, like whose line is it anyway? Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. So I didn't get on and I was devastated because I loved the people in that group so much and I just wanted to be friends with them so badly. So I just studied a lot of like short form improv games and then I auditioned again and got on. And then, yeah, those wound up being like all my best friends in college. Like they'll be lifelong friends. So I guess there's a good lesson. Even if you fail, like you can still you try again. Try again. <laughs> the fact that you like you're like I studied it you're like watching whose line is it anyway you were like yeah <laughs> I, love I was like that. this is how you be funny I'll do it I'll do whatever it takes because <laughs> like I feel like a normal person would just be like oh I'm sad and then just like be sad and move on I think that's that's such a good lesson that you were like I took an initiative I did this and then I got it you know the next year I went back or semester or however that worked and you were yeah like, it was the next semester and like I could have easily like been like too embarrassed to show up again, show my face after I've been rejected. But I was like, I don't care. I just want to hang out with you guys. And like, Why? yeah, so I'm glad I did. Forever yeah. friends, you, you, you guys are yeah. forever friends now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this, I feel like my favorite character in this book, aside from you, obviously, um, is like a character that I shouldn't like, but you call him, he's your ex-boyfriend, you call him yes man um oh my gosh wait I want to hear like what you love about this which character. well I just because I felt like I mean it was your and this is a little bit of spoilers and it's you know he's in a no, small section of the book no um you're allowed you can like spoil anything I want to okay. like have like as much like detailed conversation about the okay. book and I want to hear all the things you liked and like all the questions you have so yeah don't don't worry about spoiling it okay the I I just loved the story and how you told the story of him because it never felt like you hated him. Like, you know, we, cause you guys ended up breaking up, you know, but yeah. as you were writing about him, it was never like, oh, I hate him now. He's the worst. It was always like, I am thankful. It felt like you were thankful for the opportunity to have him in your life. And I it was oh. like, that is beautiful. And also the fact you called him yes man was hilarious because you were like, he says yeah. yes to everything. Um, Cause yes. like, that's me. Like I'll say yes <laughs> to anything. 
So maybe that's why, because I really felt like him and I connected on that level. But, you know, I just, I appreciated the fact that it wasn't like, I'm Taylor Swift and I'm going to write a Haiti song about you. And I hate it. It was more like coming from a place of appreciation and yes, heartbreak and being upset, yeah. but also you, you were, it felt very mature. It was like a very mature breakup for such a young person. <laughs> but Oh, uh, thank you. But that's, 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 and I feel like he shouldn't be my favorite character, but he, he is. Um, but unless he does something crazy, but I just felt like it was one of those relationships that just had to end for growth. And yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate that so much. Um, Cause that's like, that's real life right there. Like you, you could date someone yeah. for two years and you break up just because, you know, you grow apart and it wasn't anything bad that anybody did and you don't have to hate them. But I, I don't know. Do you have any like thoughts on that? Is that kind of what you were going for? Or you were like, no, I hate him so much. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I want to thank you for saying that. I really appreciate uh, those words. It means a lot to me because uh, the reality is that like we went to school together and it was a big deal when we broke up and it's a small school. So like people knew about it. So mm-hmm. when people like, heard I was writing a book I mean I was pretty vocal about it on social media everyone's response was like oh like she's doing a Taylor Swift thing like (laughs) she's like writing this is going to be like slamming him the whole time and uh when it did come out um there was a lot of backlash from people in his circle and people in my previous circles and if you read like the Amazon reviews, which I don't know if you have, I have but there, there are some incredibly horrific, nasty reviews <laughs> um, that came out like before I even announced that the book was on Amazon. They just flooded in. And obviously they're like anonymous and fake names, but like, I, I'm not dumb. And like, I, I know people. So I know that uh, the people that were leaving those reviews were like involved with Yes Man. So I think, and people, I don't think people like really read the book. I think people really do think that I like wrote this like as revenge. Um, and so that's why I really appreciate you saying that as someone who doesn't know me or that situation, yeah, you I are completely neutral no to everything. But it, and, yeah. and like I said, it did not feel negative. It wasn't my intention at like, all. My intention was to really like show a progression of a love story. And I was really honest and I was really, really in love with him. And I mean, it ended, it got a little messy at the end, but I mean, even now, like, I don't really fault either of us for it. We were so young. It's like a very classic situation that happens. Like, I mean, so for those who haven't read the book, uh, I had a relationship from my junior year of high school until my junior year of college. So we did high school together and then we both wound up going to Wash U. And like, that's a crazy time of transition and growth. I mean, going to college and like having your mind completely flipped upside down on all kinds of things, socially, politically, religiously, personally, like we're just, you know, in college making different decisions about who we want to be as people trying to like find our own identities. And like, we just wound up hurting each other, um, keeping each other in the dark on a lot of things. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's really cool to hear someone who like has no prior well, relationship. I, and that's exactly with that. why I Take was that like, away, that was my goal and intention. 
So that means the world. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that I, because I, I, I took very like notes because I was like, the way you told the story of your guys's relationship and of everything, and like I said, I haven't finished the book yet, so I don't. I haven't mm-hmm. even gotten to the part where you guys broke up but I was like flipping through just to see if because yeah. I know you had a new boyfriend and when I met you yeah. you know we were yeah. all partying so so I knew yeah. there was some sort of transition somewhere um but like I said it's college and you're growing up you're confused a lot of the times you know you're you're trying to figure out where you want to go and what you want to do so I think showing that was important as well because people fight so hard for relationships that maybe they should not be fighting for, or maybe that just need to end for the reason of growing apart or the reason of you both end up wanting to be different people. And I think showcasing that is important. And maybe these people who were talking negatively actually didn't read the book, or maybe they read it and they just didn't understand because they're so dense that they were just looking through a lens of wherever their side was coming from. And yeah. I'm not like, I don't want to talk shit on your friends, but like oh, yeah. people who were rude, not cool yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, I'm glad you took that away. It, um, it was super hard. Now I have like some more space from it, but it was, um, it's really hard when you're like in love for the first time to realize that like you can let that go and it'll be okay. And as someone who grew up like watching movies all the time and like very much into this whole like fairy tale mindset and like coming from like, like a very like religious household and like Midwest, like all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, like you get married and you have kids like pretty much as soon as you can. And that all changed when I went to wash you and realized that like, you don't have to do that. Um, but I mean, I really thought like that was like my life, like that that was my future with this person. So it was really hard for me to like I was fighting like it was like a marriage. Like I was trying to make our relationship work like it was like I put all my energy into trying to fix something that mm-hmm. was broken. And yeah, I think like I really I don't know. My goal for that was just to like really empathize with anyone that has like been through something that's so painful is that like any type of heartbreak I wanted to like really express exactly what it felt like so that anyone reading would be like oh that's exactly how I felt like I feel seen like yeah it is like really fucking hard like yeah like a person didn't die but you're grieving heavily like when you really love someone so much and it just like didn't work out now I have like like a larger perspective I guess and I I, if I could go back, I would just tell myself, like, it's okay to grow up and it's okay to grow apart. And if this isn't working, like, it's okay to leave. Like, you will meet other people in the future. Right. And, like, and all the lessons you learned from this relationship are not wasted. Yes. The lessons, yeah. the perspective. Because yeah. when you think about it, four years, you were, what, 17, 16? When you're 22, yeah. 21, that is, like, a large portion of your life. Like, that's, that's pretty big. So, I mean, I always try to put things into perspective of, of that as well. Cause you know, as 23, 24, 25 year olds, you know, we're not going to think the same as a 40 year old, as a 50 year old. Cause they've just, they're like, yeah, whatever. Been through like seven, four year relationships. And you're like, yeah, but it wasn't your first, you know, Taylor Swift yeah, only dated yeah, the- Hall for three months and she wrote a whole album. So 
they dated for three months oh my god i know that's like happening this weekend like all my friends are like you very haven't much listened into- to it yet um i watched the short film okay okay and i actually it was funny i watched that short film with my friends and they were like wow this is a video about kelly <laughs> <laughs> you were like a couple years on to that though <laughs> uh yeah so uh it's been really great especially the last like few months and um yeah I'm glad you have that perspective on it because I am really grateful to have like had that relationship in my life I learned so many lessons that I'm just really grateful for like it was really hard but having experienced like that type of emotional pain in a way I never had before now I know like I can do it like I've been through it and look I'm alive and breathing and I'm like doing great and now I have all this knowledge that I like wouldn't have had otherwise I love that. Um, I love that. Yeah, it took a long time to get here for sure, but uh, we're vibing now. <laughs> well, other than other than yes, man, um, I think I love your parents too. Like <laughs> the way you talk about them in the book is just—they sound so fun. Like, I mean, first of all, your dad like sounds awesome. Like he worked his ass off. Your mom too, um, and they own. Yeah a coffee shop, right? Like, should we shout out this coffee shop? Yes, we, oh, this doesn't have like their logo on it. Yes, it's called Breve Coffee. B-R-E-V-E with a little thingy over it. Yeah, and I was, I was gonna say too, I think my dad would be a great person to have on your show. Cause it's a real, I mean, Breve is a really great like STL made story. It was the first espresso bar in St. Louis. Oh, what? Um, in 1994, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I remember it, I, reading that. You put it in the book, right? You talk. Yeah, about yeah. It. So he, I mean, he has a lot of amazing stories, and he loves to tell them. So it it would be really cool if he um, would. Yeah, honestly, if he yeah. would want to get on, and we can chat, and like yeah. I said, share the St. Louis love. That's what we're all about. But um, I mean, your parents sound great, so maybe we should save talking to, about them for when they're on sure. the show. Maybe you should have them both on. That could be, but yeah, they are characters like in real life. Like, I mean, I think I did a pretty good job explaining them in the book. Um, and what's funny is like all of their friends like started reading the book and they were like, oh my God, like Kelly nailed this. Like <laughs> you guys are like psychopaths. <laughs> I like, that. I mean, they're literally crazy, but they're so much fun. I mean, I've been living at home now since March, 2020. And the fact that like I made it through my senior year of college and then got a job and like still chose to live at home. Like it is really hard and parent relationships like are hard, but I mean, I have a great fucking time with them. Like we- yeah, It sounds drunk like- Drunk on Tuesdays. <laughs> we have taco and tequila Tuesdays. Like we play music, we watch TV shows. Like I tell them, everything they tell me stuff there's not a lot of boundaries you make me want to come over for taco tuesday oh you should (laughs) wear your taco suit you'll be like i have a surprise for you mom and dad also you're going to be on his podcast wait that would be really funny yeah maybe you should come over oh yeah we could do a recording at the house we'll set it up somewhere i have the, the equipment we can have a great time do you want we'll have to chat later we'll have to chat off off air yeah about that but that could be fun. Um, yeah, they're hilarious people. They sound my great. mom. I wish my mom could have like her own TV show just about her, but like, like she wouldn't get like why it was is funny. 
Like last, I was with her yesterday and like my aunt and I was like watching her talk and I was just like, you're such a character. And she's like, what? She's like, what does that mean? Like, what am I doing? That's like a character. Like, I don't get it. Like she doesn't get humor. Like she just is being herself. And it's you should crazy. make her a TikTok and do TikTok videos of her. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. She's, so she's on TikTok at the beginning of the pandemic. And she's like, Kelly, I don't really get this whole TikTok thing. Like everyone on it is a white mom in a big house with granite countertops, drinking a bottle of wine every night. She goes, is anyone else saying this? And You're I was like, like no, no I'm not. <laughs> because like, it's you. <laughs> if that's your for you page and like TikTok is showing you, you. Yeah. So yeah. she's like, oh, so no one else is seeing this. I'm like, no, just you. <laughs> Yeah. And my mom will send me TikTok. She's like, this is all over the place. Like, look at this. And I'm like, mom, I've never seen this account in my life. And she's like, but like, it's all over my page. And I'm like, it's in the algorithm. It's the algorithm. I always say, if you really want to know someone, look at their for you page, because it is a pure reflection of their like subconscious. Oh no, you don't want to. I don't have. What side do you, you don't have TikTok? Okay, because like there's different sides right now, and mine changes so much. Like I'm yeah. on like fall witch TikTok right now. Um, what do you mean witch? It's like they're talking about. It's it sounds crazy. It's like they're talking about. I, well, I can talk about witchcraft. They're like Jupiter's in retrograde, which is causing you to sleep on uh, having issues with person relationship. You might yeah. have to get on it just to get on. Wait, no, jo wait, Jonah, that's a rabbit hole. I would go down with you if that's that what's on your be TikTok. A whole another episode because it's that it's conspiracy theories, <laughs> cooking dogs, and then occasionally like the shirtless guy with the six pack, but. But I'm like, I don't want to see you. I don't care enough. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of where I am on TikTok. And it is a time suck. So I'm trying really hard to stop because. That's why I deleted it. Yeah. I was like, I can't. You like, might be my motivation to delete it. I don't know. I kind of need to. I, it's funny because I really don't spend that much time on social media, but I needed to be on social media to like really promote this book. And um I, I was on social a lot like I was doing a lot of Instagram stories a lot of videos I had like a separate account like for the book um I was really pushing it and it was really hard because I, I mean I needed people to buy it to raise enough money to publish it and then what was cool is I did this like not to make money but it was cool that I actually did make some money off of it mm -hmm. um but I've kind of stopped promoting it because one I don't like being on social media that much two it is so draining one to write an entire book about yourself two to like let anyone in the world read it and let anyone in the world have an opinion about you even if they don't know you mm -hmm. um and then to also like go on social media and be like hey everyone like buy a book it's all about me <laughs> it's just like me 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 like read about me and it's just it's exhausting it's straining so I've really been like taking a lot of time like away from the book and not thinking about it this is the first time I've like been on a podcast in a long time to like talk about it and I kind of stopped talking about it on social media um just at this point I have this like really newfound um like respect for privacy yeah I think like now that I did something like so far on like that end of the spectrum like releasing my literal diary entries um now I'm like feeling at the other end of that spectrum like I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing like ever 
yeah. no that's fair <laughs> that i don't even sense. want to post on like my instagram store i don't want you to know what i'm doing um so i'm kind of taking a little hiatus from yeah, that that's important i think social media people don't realize but like it really like it's hard like it takes a lot out of you like especially i work in social media so i manage brands i have like four accounts myself from like my personal i have a photography account this account and then I, my food blog account so like yes, it's a lot a it's a lot and i love it for certain things but there are also other things where it's like this is tiring you know the trolls get on you and then that comes a lot so finding community that you can online can be cool but again it's 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 a lot, especially after you were doing everything with the book, you know, the promoting, you know, podcast, whatever. Did you ever do any like book readings in like shops or anything? Um, I, there was this boutique in St. Louis Paper Dolls Boutique. Like they had me like come in and like sell books and be there, but um, they were like, yeah, we don't need you to do a reading. Cause I mean, I say fuck like every third line. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really not, uh, PC to be doing <laughs> <reading> in public. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. You'll have to read it at like some sort of bar, like a bar, a bar reading. That would be good. Oh, uh, that would be a fun place to go through the high schools. That would, that would. Um, do you have thoughts? This is another. I just about writing. Do you have thoughts? Any thoughts? No. About writing like maybe <laughs> a novel in the future, or maybe some sort of story based. Yeah, or like you know, fiction. Oh, fiction. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so funny you ask, because when I was, you know, doing my own witchcraft stuff, I was, I found this psychic recently, maybe like five months ago, and I was talking to her, and she was like, do you write? And I was like, uh, yes, I do. She was like, did you, did you just write a, a book? And I was like, yeah, like, she doesn't know me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, yeah, I did. And she's like, oh, this is all making so much sense now. And I was like, oh, what? She was like, I know what you need to do with your life. Like, I have the answer. It's all coming to me. And I'm like, okay, what? And she's like, you need to change your pen name immediately and start writing erotic novels. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Send them to me. I would love to read those. <laughs> um, right? And I was like, well, she goes, you need to write every day. Like, you have, like, a crazy imagination that you're not tapping into at all. And, like, you can, like, she was like, sure, like, you can write about yourself, like, more but like this is where you shine and like you could write like 20 30 books easy and they like get into movies and like you become like extremely wealthy because like this is a, a hardcore industry and like you can do it so a psychic told me that um have you started i mean i don't know if you want to give anything away like yeah, I don't know if you um pen name like <laughs> i i don't know what to make my pen name that's like probably the funniest part i'm like i've told all my friends about this story and like we like joke about it um I I have practiced a bit, but I also like have never like read erotica. Like it's a whole new genre for me. So I need to start doing research <laughs> and like reading them. Cause I'm like, I don't know like what people say. Like I never got into like the 50 shades of gray thing. Like I never read those books. So I need to like start somewhere and like start seeing like what that whole genre is like. But yeah, there are these like authors that do really do write like 30 books and they make bank like these old ladies yeah. are reading these books with like a half man half horse and like a mermaid yeah. like i don't yeah. know crazy shit on the cover um i support this where did you find the psychic was it a, la a lady person in st louis or was it like you were somewhere 
I was down a rabbit hole. It was this website you can go on called Keen, K-E-E-N.com. And you can just like call people like for like a few minutes. And I was just like on a coffee high and like feeling like I was really anxious about like getting a job actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was nervous about getting a job. I didn't know if I was going to move. It was like June of like this summer. I had graduated. I was trying to get a job. Wasn't going well. And I was on this coffee high and I was like, I'll, I'll just ask a psychic. And besides the whole like erotic novel thing, like everything she told me like has happened. And I like did not expect that. You're like, what'd you say? And that's, that can't be right. Did you just stalk me on the internet? No. <laughs> well, it was weird. She was like, she goes, what's happening in your love life right now? I was like, nothing, like literally absolutely nothing. And she was like, okay, we'll wait until September like then like something is going to happen and that's when um that's when I started seeing uh this new person I'm now in a relationship with (laughs) yes yeah yeah he's like please don't write a book about me (laughs) I will don't worry (laughs) I'm like yeah I will and I'll send it to your mom so like watch out (laughs) don't cross me And he's a sweetheart. He's so funny. Uh, the fact that, yeah. so when we met and we took a picture and he was like, your new soulmate. And I was like, honestly, we could be, you know, cause there's different, le- right. I, different levels <laughs> of soulmates. I, I believe yeah. that some of my best friends are like my soulmates from other lives or like, you know, my dog from another life. I always say I could have yeah. a dog in my other life and you were my owners. I, that's, <laughs> that sounded weird, but you know, like, I'm a firm believer in that weird kind of like me too me too the forever Um, universe yeah Yeah, I think my best friend Ellie who you met is like my soulmate I there's like this guy I met when I was abroad and we just became instant friends he's in Australia but like I think we're soulmates I think we'll be friends like forever um like there's just people you meet that you just like instantly like click with and you like feel it and when I saw you at the taco buddha in the taco suit I knew I knew you were from a past life. <laughs> I love that. I, well, I did. Wait, did you, were you there for shots? Cause I know somebody missed shots. I, in the one that missed it, I was in the bathroom. <sighs> All right. And I came good. back and everyone was like, Kelly, you missed it. Like this was the most Kelly thing ever. And you missed it. And I was like, whatever. So it sounds like we have to have like a redo at Taco Buddha. Reunion. So we do a shots. We'll invite everyone over. Um, Matt can take me back to Shark Bar. We can sing Taylor Swift again. <laughs> Matt can take me back to Shark Bar. That's so funny. When you were at WashU, so I, nothing against that school, but you know, it's usually a lot of those kind of people who maybe come from like billions of dollars. Um, and I know yeah. like you come from a very yeah. middle class, like me, like, you know, a normal family yeah. who doesn't have a yacht. Um, yeah. <laughs> were there any, any ever... Were there ever times when you were at WashU that you were just like, oh my God, I do not fit in with these people. Or like, they are just like saying things that I'm like, what the hell is going on? Or like, I don't know. Cause I feel like I've been around people there that I've just been like, wow, we are not on the same level at all. Like you just are not here. You're not with me. <laughs> like, did you ever feel yeah. like that? And was that ever like, did it make, how did you feel when you felt that or, or explain? <laughs> I felt like that the whole time and I still feel like that. I'm still like down there all the time. Um, Yeah, it's really hard to talk about. I do say in the book, I mean, and this is, you know, true that like WashU has 
the largest percentage of students from the top one percent than any other university in and the it's country. almost ivy league right like like i would put it up there with harvard stanford I don't yeah know. It, i mean i don't know what it's like ranked now but yeah it's up there it's it's challenging uh for sure and like very prestigious and like whatever <laughs> um yeah it it was hard like i was like none of my other friends have student loans and what's crazy is I went to Wash U like for free because like my mom works for the university. So I got free tuition, but my first semester wasn't covered. And one semester at Wash U is 35 grand. <laughs> so that's what I'm paying off in this this year. I got a job and I'm paying off 35. You're paying off my entire four years. Like that's I had like 20, for one, for one semester. It yeah, for one that semester. Insane. That is insane. And so it's hard here's what's like really interesting about it is that like not a lot of people like I can't really talk to anyone about that stuff like they don't like get it or sometimes I would find myself being like oh like woe is me like no one gets it here what it's like to have student loans and then someone next to me is like oh yeah like I'm here on a full ride because like I'm from Kenya and like I grew up on a dirt floor and then you just feel like such a fucking asshole yeah. Because you're like, whoa. So it's either like people from way up here or people who are coming from like much more like extreme circumstances and like are on a full ride because like that was literally like the only shot they had. And that's like a completely different story. And there's not a lot of people that are like really like in the middle. So it's hard because like you feel like, oh, like I'm poor. But then you realize like, wait, I'm like not at all. <laughs> like yeah. I... I'm here in the first place and like I have like I do have nice things and I have like a home and like I'm, I'm like I'm not so it, it was like a very like hard thing to navigate and like pretty much either way I just felt like an asshole because <laughs> I'm either an asshole because I'm like resenting people that have more than me or I'm an asshole because I'm like being completely unaware of my own privilege so it's still a really interesting conversation that I navigate and I mean, really, I think as long as you're like a kind person and you have context for others and compassion mm -hmm. and you listen to people, um, like that's really what, what matters. And, yeah, that's what I, I, and right there, you know, I have friends from college who do come from really, really well-off families and others who don't. And your group of friends, or at least those people that I met, they all were like so nice. And I heard some of their conversations and I was like, oh my God, you're literally talking about spending $10,000 in Vegas. That's insane. <laughs> but I was, but then I was like, I was like, they're so nice. Like literally no problem. You want, can I come to Vegas with you though? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You so, want to like, so as long as they yeah. have that compassion and that understanding that, Hey, I am lucky to be where I am. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, I am not going to be an asshole to the other people who maybe aren't as fortunate. That's all that matters. You know, it's just like maybe caring about your fellow man every once in a while or, you know, and woman. Take so. me out to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you want to, okay, I'll go home with you. Just, no. You know, if you're leading your life with having context for other people, having compassion for other people, listening and being aware of your privilege, being aware of other people not having privilege. Like if you can like have that self-awareness, and humility um very important i think that's what counts so yes
Yes. Well, I yeah. love it. I, that was a good, that was a good conversation to end on. Cause that was something that as I read the book, you know, I was like, I don't know if Kelly is like this rich bitch who's like ready to party with me. I don't know well, she's ready to party, but you know, like where does she come from in relation to where I come from in my experiences? I think very similar experiences. I think maybe that's what make that that's what makes us like, we, we saw me from across the room that one he's going to be mine, you know? <laughs> so I think I, I love that. Um, and as I was reading, I was like, oh my gosh, there is depth to this woman. You know, she, she's been through this. I've been through this. We understand, but I love it. And I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to chat with me um, and yelling at your dad to turn down the football. <laughs> or your mom, I don't know whoever's watching football um, or your brother, because you do have a brother too. I don't know. Oh my gosh, I do. We didn't talk about him at all, but we don't need to. It's fine. He's <laughs> it's funny because he's not really in the book, but that's because like he would he needs like his own like trilogy. Yeah. Okay. So, like we couldn't like we couldn't even get into that. So he's what you need to do is write a like based on true stories novel about him. Maybe that could be fun. Oh wow. He yeah yeah we can't go down that rabbit hole. Right. We we're not gonna go down this time. Maybe next. Yeah, he, he's the biggest character of us all for oh. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll meet him one day, but uh, yeah. Kelly, I appreciate you taking your time, like I said, and meeting with me. You are the first author on Tales from the Arch, so I'm pumped to have this episode air. It'll be airing um, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. So you'll hear, I'll, I'll message you and we'll chat probably before that, probably go out to get drinks or something. But thank you guys for listening. Um, we're going to end the recording now. All right. All right. Hey. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. I know, very exciting stuff going on. If you guys want to get a hold of this book, you can go to kellywiesahan.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-W-I-E-S-E-H-A-N.com. Or if you don't like spelling, it's linked in the bio here. You can also go to our Instagram and you'll see her linked as well. Very exciting stuff happening today. You guys, maybe it's good you guys pick up a book sometime soon. I know probably haven't read one in a while i know i haven't read one in a while we do a lot of audiobooks these days you know maybe pick up a book read some words on a page be good for you maybe you'll learn something anyway thank you guys so much for listening it's always a pleasure hope you guys have a wonderful week if you're listening before thanksgiving again happy thanksgiving if you're listening after happy holidays as they come along i know we've got some exciting holidays coming on we got what christmas we got hanukkah there's like a Kwanzaa that's more at the end of December. So keep an eye out, you guys. Say hi to your neighbor. Tell him you love him. Give him thanks. And again, thank you guys for listening to Tales from the Arch. We'll be back not next week, but the week after with some exciting, exciting stuff, as always. So again, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I know our album art our podcast art might still be wrong because I'm in a fight with Apple right now. But uh, rate and review us. Leave a review. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us how much you hate us. Tell us you want to give us a big kiss. Um, that'd be great. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening.